We're so glad to be in God's house. And uh, we're thrilled to be here for the Holy Convocation of ordaining uh, Chad Cofield to the gospel ministry. But this is worship because it's business, it's God's business, because it's God's church. And we want to rejoice and sing and praise and worship our risen Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Amen. So welcome, visitors. We're glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Our sister church, Little Horse Creek, uh, the ordained uh, the church that is asked, uh, we are glad you're here tonight. And uh, you will hear throughout this service uh, what a blessing uh, God is blessing you with. And I shared with uh, the men uh, from your church on the ordaining council that to please stay and enjoy the reception at the end, but then you may want to really get out of town quick because we, we're just kind of having a little hard time getting over losing him and uh, losing uh, Whitney and JT. But uh, before we go any further, let's pray. Let's ask God's blessings on this service. Our Heavenly Father, it is in your name we worship. Lord, I thank you for your call on men's lives. That you called to Adam even after he had failed you. That you called Moses on the backside of the desert. That you called Joshua in the heartbrokenness of losing his leader. That you called Elisha in the absence of Elijah. That you called ordinary men carry the gospel around the world and you're still doing it. But God, we stand amazed in your presence of how you can do extraordinary things with ordinary people. And God, we just pray for your unction, your mighty move to be on the Cofields and on Little Horse Creek. I pray, God, that we'd hear nothing but great and mighty things. Lord, that you would touch them, use them, to be salt and light, and that they will turn their world upside down for the cause of Christ. Lord, thank you for the choir and the song we've heard. Thank you for what we're about to experience through praise and worship. And God, everything that we do, help us not to stress, but to take our time and enjoy what you're doing and how you're working in people's lives. You're still calling people. You're still sending people. Because you're still on your throne. And Jesus still saves. Father, it is in your holy and righteous name that we worship you and ask all these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. How y'all doing tonight? Good, good. Oh, Chad has been a... Uh, yeah, the privilege of picking out the music tonight. So this is the one Sunday um, that I can't say anything about what I did. Um, so I'm good with that. But he wanted me to start out with a song called God's Great Dance Court. Um, so I had to turn him down. Uh, I told him at that point that nobody told the worship leader what to sing. Uh, but uh, then he texted me back later on in the week. And um, he gave me two more songs that uh, were ago. Um, and, and his heart and our heart tonight uh, Chad is a good guy. Most of y'all agree, or y'all wouldn't be here. Uh, but more importantly, we and we are here to celebrate him and honor him. We're 
most importantly, here to worship our Savior and what God is doing uh, here and at the church that he's going to. So as we do that, let's just stand and uh, worship together.
I pray that you would just help us just to give back uh, to you as you call us to do. Lord, we love you. Um, we worship you and we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Think how Paul and Barnabas and then John Mark and Silas and other uh, missionaries followed and the, the churches that sprang up and the letters to the pastors that Paul wrote and to the churches that we read about in uh, Ephesians and Colossians and Galatians and Thessalonians and all these a lot can be traced back to this scripture. There's no telling what will be birthed out of what we'll experience here tonight. But I have every confidence as the Holy Spirit spoke to them, God has spoke to us. And in so doing, as pastor and moderator of the Eastside Baptist Church in Claxton, Georgia, I call our church uh, to order uh, in a business meeting for the sole purpose of the ordination of Chad Cofield. And at this time, I recognize our uh, chairman of deacons, Brother Steve Smith, uh, in uh, this purpose. Brother Moderator, on request from Little, Creek Horse, Little Horse Creek Baptist Church, as chairman of the deacons for Eastside Baptist Church, I move that we ordain Jack Oakfield into the gospel ministry. All right. We have a move from the... Deacon body, do I have a second, church? Second, church. Where'd that come from? Brother Philip Williams, this is for posterity's sake. Brother Philip Williams, second. Eastside, all in favor, let me know by saying aye. Aye. You oppose like sign. Then we will move forward with the ordination of Brother Chad Cofield. This truly is a very sanctified and holy convocation. It's a great time of celebration, but it's very worshipful. It's very safe. And even over the last hour and a half, two hours, in that room of other ordained men, both preachers and deacons, tears shed with excitement and in memories of what has been and what is yet to come. A very exciting time. Brother Chad, we're honored. I'm honored as your friend and as your pastor to be able to stand here and moderate this wonderful service. And at this time, I want to recognize uh, Tony Papagliarulo, uh, <laughs> college pastor at First Baptist Church of Statesboro, Georgia, instructor at the Guido Bible Institute, and he's going to come now, and he's going to charge the candidate. Brother Tony? Thank you, Brother Matt. Well, good evening. Good evening. You got here? We got it on? Good. All right. Just check it. When, uh, when Chad, I, I can't remember if he called me or if he texted me to let me know about tonight the, the first time asked me to be a part of that and I was just uh, honored and thrilled Chad as your friend as your brother in Christ to be a part of this special night I went home and told Sid my wife that I was going to uh, get to come to the sharing tonight with you and I said I don't really know what to say she said well, what did uh, and, and Bob Dunnett in Savannah is who was the uh, Gave the charge to me for my ordination. 
She said, what did Bob say to you? I said, I don't remember what Bob said. So, I'm not going to be offended if in five, ten years you don't remember one word I said. Here's what I remember about my ordination service and counsel. Is I remember the prayers of the people of God as they came by and laid hands on I remember looking up seeing friends from college the channel and part of that. I remember looking up and seeing my music ministry as a teenager who drove up from Jacksonville for that. That experience that you will have in just a few minutes is going to do what's going to stick with you. And that's what you're going to kind of pull out of your back pocket in a few years when you're discouraged and you're sitting in your office. You're going to Think about those prayers and those people, yeah. and you're going to be encouraged to continue on in service. Wow. I want to share just a few minutes with you tonight. I want to begin by reading John three thirty. This is John the Baptist talking, and he says, "He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less." Of course, John was talking about Jesus. And so, Chad, tonight is an important moment in your life because we're recognizing that as your family, as your friends, as your home church here at Eastside, as a church that has called you to be their pastor in Little Horse Creek, that we sense something unique and special of God's blessings on your life. We have observed how you have been obedient to Christ. And we want to affirm that. And that's the whole purpose of tonight. Is to just say, we've seen how God's working in your life. We want to continue to encourage and support that as you move forward. My role is to hopefully encourage you and challenge you. And I'm not trying to ignore all y'all. But I'm going to look at Chad Whitman most of the time while I'm talking. Okay? Not to intimidate you. Okay. My role is to encourage you. And I shared in the ordination council how when we get together for, for lunch and just when we see each other at, at, uh, at the school, um, when we've done some different ministry things, I always walk away challenged by your faith. And that's such a blessing to me. And so tonight is, is not just me kind of saying, hey, I'm older and wiser because I'm not much older and I'm certainly not wiser. It's just me kind of sharing my heart as if we were sitting having his eyes or something, all right? Three things, because we're good Baptists, so we always got to have sermons with three things, right? So the first thing I want to encourage you with is that I want you to love Jesus more than you Chad, it's, it's, it's so neat. Um, when I got the, uh, the bulletin for tonight, opened up the verses beneath y'all's picture are from Philippians chapter 1. And, uh, and that, that was the next passage I wanted to share with you. was Philippians 1 verses 9 through 11. The Apostle Paul writes, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, 
the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Your passion for Jesus is infectious. Everyone in this room, anyone that knows you, knows that. Don't let go of it. Keep pursuing Jesus. As you pursue your calling as a minister and as you pursue the Lord, you have already learned in your time here inside that you cannot do ministry in and of your own strength. You will fall flat on your face. That time where you pursue Jesus every day, that's what's going to make your ministry strong for years to come. Because you, as a minister of the gospel, cannot effectively minister to the needs of people that God puts in your charge if you're not walking with Jesus yourself. So just as Paul prays that prayer for the Philippians, my prayer for you and for your whole family is that you will fall in love with Jesus more than You know, that's the beautiful thing about the Christian life is it's not we accept Christ our Lord and Savior and then that's it. It's, except, it's that we accept Christ our Lord and Savior and we begin this journey of growth and grace. Don't lose sight. Second thing I would share with you is love and minister to your family, especially with you. And I think several men spoke to that in the ordination council. But one of the greatest things that, that, that a mentor of mine ever told me when I was in college was. The greatest opportunity that we have for ministry is in the context of our families. It's also the hardest place for us to do ministry because our families know us, right? I mean, husbands and wives, you know the good and the bad of your spouse. So when, ladies, when your husband's trying to lead you the way the Bible talks about, but the day before he did something really dumb, <laughs> it's hard to follow it. And then, it, 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 I mean, it goes both ways. But the greatest opportunity we have for ministry is in the context of the family. Why is that? Because so much is at stake. If you're not ministering to your wife or your son the way the Lord is calling you, you can't effectively minister to the folks of the ministry or anywhere else. Love them. Nurture them, protect them. Set boundaries. Set your priorities. Ministry is an endless job. There is always something that you can do. You have to be able to set some boundaries for your life and for your family and say, you know what? I need to be at home. I need to be at that, that ball field with my son. Whatever the case may be, you love and minister to your family. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is in the Old Testament the book of Micah, Micah 6 8. Where the prophet says, He has shown you, a man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, Brother Matt mentioned that I work with college students over at Statesboro. Now, the Earth Russell translation of that verse would be to do right, because that's the sense of the word justice. That was Earth's only team rule for his football team, was to do right. 
they did right, everything else was all in place. You know what, in the broader context of that passage in Micah, though, he's, he's talking about how God doesn't require sacrifices from us. That's not what he wants in your life and my life. He wants us to do right. He wants us to love, to love mercy and to walk humbly with him. The key to that is by doing that first in the context of your marriage and your family. You do that. Your ministry will be rewarding. God will open up opportunities for you to serve people and love people that you can only imagine. Third point I want to share with you. It's to love and minister to the people that God puts in your life. Love and minister to, minister to the people that God puts in your life. Up until this point that's been here at Eastside. You know what? Those friendships and those relationships are going to carry over. They're going to love you and encourage you and support you. I still can go home to my home church that we're me. And men and women who have known my family for years will ask and encourage and say, hey, we're thankful. People that I don't really know, and that's going to be the case for you. But your next phase of ministry is going to be there for the Lord's people. You have a great responsibility to shepherd them to nurture them, to encourage them, to pastor them. That means you're going to be sitting down and talking with Sunday school teachers and with deacons. You're going to be trying to encourage them in their own walk with the Lord so that it will strengthen the church. You're going to be casting vision. You're going to be preaching and teaching. You can't do any of that without relying on the strength that God gives you. The passage I want to share with you that illustrates that I think the best is in Timothy, where Paul writes um, to his young protege in, in the ministry, Timothy. And this is 2 Timothy 2.15. And again, a familiar passage of scripture to you. I got a new Bible a couple weeks ago from a friend, and I'm kind of working in all the pages of this. says, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who, is, who does not need to be ashamed that he correctly explains the word of truth. Chad, if you'll take that verse to heart, you're responsible to God for what you do with your life, your faith, and your ministry. Not to anybody else. As hard as that may seem, you're not responsible to East Side, you're not responsible to the Lord Horse Creek. Now, there's some collateral, not damage, but effects that happen, obviously, when you're serving the church. And your responsibility is to the Lord. If you're doing your best to present yourself as one who does not need to be ashamed or who correctly handles the word of truth, then in your ministry, in your teaching, in your preaching, in your administration, in how you just love and nurture on people, you'll be faithful. I know your heart. I've watched you in ministry. I mean, I, I can't think of a friend who has a bigger heart for people than you. 
And that's one of the, the things that I'm always so encouraged because I, I'm quick, I can be quick to write off people sometimes. And you always see the hope of the gospel at work in that person's life. And that's such an encouragement. And you're going to need that in your days ahead. You're going to have some good, great, encouraging days as you minister to individuals and families of Little Boy Street. You're going to have some real discouraging days. But if you're loving Jesus more more each day, if you're loving and ministering to your family, and if you're loving and ministering to those people that God has put in your life, you will make it through those good days and those bad days. You'll be encouraged by the Lord's presence with you through both. And you'll have that moment when you're sitting in your office and you go back, you know, that person that prayed for me in my ordination council, that person that sent me the text the other day saying, hey, I just, just want to encourage you, just pray. That's going to be what the Lord's going to use to strengthen you and encourage you as you continue to walk with Him, as you continue to serve in the ministry. Remember Jesus' response when He was asked what the greatest commandment is? He said, and He quoted the Old Testament, the Shema, out of Deuteronomy. He said, the love of the Lord your God. It's as simple as what's on the screen behind you. Love God and love people. That's all ministry is. If you'll do that, the Lord will find you faithful. And lives will be changed for eternity because of your willingness to do it. One of my favorite writers is a guy named Frederick Bingham. And he writes this about vocation. He says that the place that God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meets. Your deep gladness is when you see somebody step from darkness to light. You get to do that in ministry. You're going to get to do that in ministry. I'm so excited for you, brother. I can't wait to hear how God's going to use you. Continue to use you. I think that's the thing that's so encouraging is even though we're ordaining you tonight, I mean, you've been faithfully serving the Lord, and you've been faithfully walking with Him for a while. Right. And that's such an encouragement to us. The last thing I would, would say to you is just that I pray the Lord's richest blessings on you and with me and JT. I know the Lord is going to take care of you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to use you in mighty, mighty ways. I can't wait to see you. I love you. I'm praying for you always. Thank you, Brother Tony. This time, uh, we will examine the candidate. And as we prepared for this service, uh, I wanted it, uh, to honor Brother Chad and his faithfulness. Uh, this is a very special time, so he uh, basically picked out who he wanted. And uh, we had asked Dr. Larry Guido, uh, president of Guido Bible Institute. Ch Chad has been very active there. Uh, for several years now, and, uh, we wanted Brother Larry to come and do the questioning, the examination of the candidate. And I found out just right before the service that Brother Larry couldn't make it. Uh, the truth is, he's probably scared because the last time I told him, 
I was going to uh, choke him for giving his name to Little Horse Creek and <laughs> recommending him. Uh, but in all truth, uh, Brother Larry has the greatest respect for you or he would never have given your name to them. And so we kind of know uh, what Larry, Brother Larry thinks of you. But Brother Chad, I want to give you this. I want you to stand right here. And I just want to ask you uh, briefly to give your testimony. Now, we, we've heard it in the back. But you've got a lot of friends here. And uh, we just, we, this is a great opportunity for you to share gospel and stuff. Tell them what God's done for you. You more condensed than earlier? I'll probably just a little bit. Lord, how hungry you are. You hear my stomach growling. Um, I shared with, with the men in the back that uh, from, from, I can remember, uh, always been in church. I uh, grew up, and, and you hear of people saying I grew up in a Christian home, grew up in a Christian home, and, and it, it kind of loses its meaning in what a definition of a Christian home is about. And, and I want to uh, make sure there's no uh, hesitancy or doubts in what I believe a Christian home is. I grew up in a uh, Bible-believing, God-fearing home uh, where my parents raised us according to the standards that God sets for them in Scripture. Um, so eternally grateful for my parents and how they raised uh, myself and my siblings. Um, grew up, I was saved at five, and a lot of people say that's too young. Those children that, that young can't understand and they don't know what they're getting into. And, and I was able, uh, a year or two ago, uh, there was a young boy who wanted to receive Christ as Savior and his mom was holding back and said, no. I mean, God is God. God is God. And only he can save, and only he uh, knows how that happens and when it can happen. And, and we won't understand the fullness of salvation uh, at any point in our life here on this earth, I believe. We'll, we'll continue to grasp and continue to learn more and more and more as we walk with him. Um, but I was saved at, at an age of five, and I believe I was truly saved then. I walked uh, what I, uh, as best as I could. Uh, a walk with Christ through high school. You can you can talk to a lot of the classmates I'm going to school with, and, uh, and they would allude. Um, I was voted most dependable, you know, whatever that means, as your senior superlative. But uh, it was something that uh, I was adamant in not engaging in a lot of the worldliness that even my classmates at Highland Christian Academy were engaged in. Because I knew it was wrong. I knew it was not something that would reflect Jesus Christ. So I got married at 21 uh, to Whitney. And at 25, we had JT. And uh, it was a little bit before that, a little bit after that, uh, through the rest of my 20s, I kind of, I, I wasn't upset with God by any means, uh, but just had some worldly attractions that just caught my eye. And it was things I wanted to engage in. It looked like a lot of fun, but what it was doing, it was drawing me further and further away from Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what sin does. Uh, kids, it's on our baseball team. Sin separates us from God. And when we engage in those sins, we're becoming further and further away from a relationship with Him. Uh, and, and I was doing that unknowingly, but I was just drifting further and further away. Um, but there was a time that God was pulling me back into a right relationship with Him. And I started reading my Bible more. And I was doing it at my dining room table, not to do it in front of my family, but just because it was something personal. That was just happened to be the best place for me to do that. 
And apparently uh, one night I came home uh, around midnight from having a good time uh, playing cards with a lot of friends of mine. And Whitney's still awake, she's on the bed, and my Bible is at the foot of the bed. And I said, you like reading my Bible more than yours? And she said, no, your son came in here and said, look, Mom, I'm going to read like my daddy does. And uh, that broke my heart. That cut me to the core. At that time, I knew that if my son is imitating me in Bible reading, what else is he imitating me in doing? And there was a lot of things I needed to get rid of in my life. I needed to, to do right. I knew what right was, and I knew I wasn't doing that. And I made a commitment at that point, um, several years ago, to do right and to walk worthy of the calling, which I've been calling from, uh, for salvation, the calling of salvation that God has placed in my life. I need to walk worthy of that. Um, so I started doing better. I came to church here. Um, there was a point in time, uh, a couple months, that I really wasn't uh, consistent in church and didn't attend much. But uh, thankful to Vanessa for bringing JT here through a Awana program and the children would come on stage and we would come and, and watch them when they would sing on Sunday morning. And then our pastor at that time was Gators Cheatham. And uh, the passion that he preached uh, from the pulpit drew me into something I wanted to sit under. So Whitney and I joined here and then uh, getting involved and Miss Michelle asked me to uh, partake in Sunday school teaching. Um, all of this is going on. You, you don't have to get mad at Dr. Larry, you can get mad at Miss Michelle. Um, it, was, it was early in it. We were, uh, we were packing shoeboxes to go in a trailer. I don't even remember if she remembers this. I don't know if she remembers this or not. But she said, Chad, have you ever thought about minister? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> but uh, it was at that point when she was very instrumental in, in and God's got plans for me. And it's time I open my eyes and start being obedient. The blessings that have come from that obedience has uh, been phenomenal uh, to the point now where uh, Little Horse Creek has called me to be the pastor. I'm so humbled by what God has done in my life, and I cannot wait to see where our future goes uh, through following Him. Tell what, what what's your stance on the Bible? What's the importance? Why why is this book? At the center of what we do. I believe that uh, the Holy Scriptures is God's word to us. God has revealed himself to us through his word. I believe that the scripture is inerrant. I believe it's infallible. I believe it's complete authority in our lives. Whereas, no matter what experience tells us, because we, we experience so many things. But when I experience something and it does not line up with scripture, my experience is false. Although I live it, it's false. The scripture is complete authority for our lives, and we, as believers, we need to adjust our life to the scripture, and not the scripture trying to adjust that our lives. I believe we uh, fail at it many times. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> We're living in a world of tolerance, compromise, uh, relativism, pluralism, uh, where there's many gods and all roads lead to one. Explain what you believe. Is everybody going to heaven? It does all roads lead to one or is there something else? We read in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and it doesn't take for that uh, initial sin uh, that, that is inevitable. We're, we're sinners from birth. We're going to sin. We can't avoid that. 
Um, but God is holy and uh, does not allow sin in His presence. Therefore, uh, we are not destined for heaven when we're born. Um, God knew that from eternity past. He set it up so that only through the blood and through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, uh, through that salvation uh, of absolute God's grace. Salvation is of God. It's from God. We, we have nothing to do with salvation. Uh, we respond to God's calling. But salvation is not from us. We don't earn it. We don't seek it naturally. We respond to God's calling in our life. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ and through faith in Him and by God's grace are we able to be saved and enter into eternal life. We believe there's one great commission in the end of Matthew after Jesus' resurrection and before His ascension. Uh, he gives us that great commission. He tells us that it's two-pronged, evangelism and discipleship. Share what, what you understand that to mean, especially in the realm of the church, not just the individual. Evangelism is uh, believers, that, as, as uh, Jesus instructed, believers going out and we, we call it evangelizing the lost, where we share Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, with someone who does not know him, uh, who without knowing him would be uh, going to hell without knowing him as their savior. There is a literal hell, and people try to avoid that topic uh, too much uh, because we, like we said, we try to uh, be tolerant of others and others' beliefs. Um, but we are to go and evangelize. We are to draw the net. We are to preach Jesus and everything we say and do. And, and uh, once someone responds to God's calling on their life and, and they receive Him as their Savior, it is then our responsibility to disciple them and to teach them and to help them uh, grow. Uh, and discipleship does not come just verbally, but it comes through us living what we are teaching uh, so that our testimony uh, can stand up to it. All right. Gentlemen, ordained counsel, is there any other questions that you may have for the candidate? This will be the time. Anything else? All right, are you satisfied that he is God-called, God-fearing, uh, Bible-thumping uh, man that we should move forward for the purpose of ordination. Amen. Brother Chad, if you will take these two chairs and uh, just slide them right out there and turn around facing this way. Whitney, if you would, you can receive them again. As we were talking in preparation for the ordination, uh, I, I said, you ask, and we'll do our best to fulfill it. And uh, he asked me, as his pastor, to preach the charge to the church. Uh, it's just now sunk in that he's had to listen to me for three years, and he wants me to preach at somebody else. But I am very thankful. I'm very humbled and honored to be able to stand here and preach charge to the church. I make no bones about it. I am not old enough to be his father. Uh, but I am his big brother in some ways in the faith. And I care very deeply for this family. 
And uh, we've heard the charge already tonight and convinced that he's going to be in very good hands. But this is a charge to you as well as others. I see friends of Chad's from other churches, not just East Side or Little Horse Creek. And so this charge is to the believers, a charge to the church that I want to read. Every time that Tony mentioned a scripture, I said he's fixing to take everything that I'm going to talk about. He got very close on several times. Chad mentioned Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I said he's going to mess it up. But I want you to look in verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 4. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And he goes down and he talks about that gift. In, in verse 7, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. What kind of gift? He goes on in the context and says in verse 11, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some he gave pastors, and he gave teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. Till we all Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part make an increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. Church, here's the gift. Not just Chad, but if you've noticed, his better half, he married way up. <laughs> way up. Whitney is such a, just a delight. Encouraging, beautiful. Smile, encouraging. In every way. What a great family. But the Bible says that pastors, evangelists, teachers are a gift that God has given to the church. I know sometimes we don't seem like it. But we are. He is a gift. Adrian Rogers said that they're God anointed, God appointed. I know y'all voted let me say, I didn't mention back there and I meant to. He came to me the first time he called me. He didn't hide anything. He said, this church has called me. What do you think? I said, it's a great honor. What do you think? He said, I don't know. 
I said, all I'm going to tell you is be open. Be open and pray. God will tell you what you need to do. And all along the way, he said, we talk. This is going on. This is going on. This is how I feel. This is how I feel. Just, and, and it's been a wonderful ride. We talked at the house. We talked in his office. We talked in my office. It's been tremendous. But I want you to understand something, church. You may have voted on him, but you didn't call him. You didn't anoint him, and you can't appoint him. We have it in our mind that we hire preachers. We hire hirelings. God sends the shepherds. God does the anointing. God does the appointing. I want you to realize some things very quickly with me. He's a gift of God, but he's not God. He is going to be a great asset. He's going to be able to encourage and do all kinds of things. And y'all are going to have a big time. I'm going to tell you now, next Sunday morning, first Sunday, and it's Easter, y'all better get out of chair. Because it's amazing that a, a pastor can bring them out of the woodwork when they're needed. It'll be wonderful. He is a gift from God, but he's not God. He can't walk on water. He can't do miracles. And don't come to him and say, oh, I'm just going to be honest with you, preacher. I'm going to the race. I'm going here. I'm not going to be here for the next three months. He's not God. Don't confess to him your sins. Honestly, we don't want to hear it. He can't take that weight. Take it to the Lord. He's a gift from God. He's not God. I've been with him enough. He's not God. <laughs> don't bring him out. He's gifted by God, not man. Chad's very talented. As I told you, don't let him sandbag you on the golf course. He's good. Very talented in construction. <coughs> knows how to do a lot of things. If I can ever get my rug back, it'll look good back in my dining room. No, yes. Uh, Chad can, I mean, it's amazing his ability and his knowledge. Chad's sharp. <coughs> Chad is blessed by God. Alfie, thank the Lord you got your wife's education. But he is. Chad's brilliant. I mean, he knows God's Word, can handle the Word of God wisely. But we need to understand that giftedness was not just something concocted or given to him at Guido's Bible Institute or in, in high school or just sitting around. God's given him that. It's very special. Don't take it. <coughs> Paul said if we don't protect that, we'll become a castaway. We must realize that He is a gift and gifted by God. We need to understand that He is our leadership. We are to follow Him. I know we're not supposed to follow man. Let me just read to you what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, 
and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. <coughs> Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. When the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. He is your under-shepherd. He is to feed the flock. But if the flock will not come when he hollers, there's nothing he can do about it. He can't shove it down your throat if you're not willing to hear the word of God. We must be prepared when worship starts. That's not when worship should begin. Worship should begin when we get up in the morning, when we go to bed on Saturday night, and we come prepared to be fed by the shepherd of God. He is your under shepherd. Follow him. He is an encourager. He really is. But he needs to be encouraged. He will encourage you, men. Church, he will encourage you from the pulpit, but also in the aisle, and in the parking lot, and on the phone, and in the hospital, and at the funeral home, and all over, wherever you are, he will be an encourager. But understand, he's a man of like passions, and born in the flesh, and suffers, and has issues in his family as well. He will encourage you, encourage him. You'll be all right. But the testimony of your church pastor 12 years and 18 years and 25, 27 years. It's very clear. Little Horse Creek is a church that encourages pastors. And that's a great testimony. And I'm proud to know that he's going to a haven of rest such as that. He is a Bible teacher. And I can tell you a good one. One of the best times I've had since I've been pastor here under the Word is we do... Uh, from time to time, we do small groups on Sunday nights instead of just corporate worship. We have women's groups, men's group, youth, and he's the one that organized it. But there was one that Brother Philip, you heard in the ordaining council, Brother Chad taught on the book of James. A lot of times I, I, I just want to have a little time. I can go study or I can go visit with the youth and stuff. But this time I went to the first one. I was being a good pastor. going to sit in. But I went every time because it was wonderful as they talked. Brother Chad and I were led to birth a new unit, a new Sunday school class called New Beginnings. And I see many of them here tonight. And I know I've sat under his teaching. We're going to miss that because he studies to be prepared, as 2 Timothy says in chapter 2, verse 15. He's a Bible teacher. Learn from him. You say, oh, he's a young guy and he's learning. We heard about that in the ordaining council. But whatever you do, don't walk out every Sunday and say, you just get gooder and gooder. Oh, you're ripped. Boy, you're just getting better and better. The older, you're, you're, boy, we got this young, look, tell, tell him we've got a great young pastor. But I'm telling you something. He's not green or we wouldn't be ordaining him. He is a veteran who has stood in the trenches and fought Satan and has faced spiritual warfare. This man knows the Word of God. Now, he doesn't know it all. But I can tell you, 
He can handle that word of God. You heard it right there. For that was not prepared. I wasn't supposed to question him. What a great answer because he knows his Bible. He's a Bible teacher. Learn from him. He is a Bible preacher. There's a difference in teaching and preaching. Preaching is pro proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ in truth, in love. He's a Bible preacher. Listen to him. Don't complain. Listen. When he walks in on Sunday morning, don't come over and say, Preacher, I don't know who's been messing with that thermostat, but it sure is hot in here. <laughs> Listen, don't come in and shove a piece of paper in and say, You need to make this announcement that we're going to be having a car wash next week and we're, there's going to be this and that. Look, let him be focused on the Word of God. Protect him. He walks in there on Sunday morning. Protect the integrity of the leading of the Spirit of God as he steps into that pulpit. And know that God has called him to proclaim to you. And listen to me. If you want to hear from him on Sunday, he's got to hear from God Monday through Saturday. So deacons, you're not ordaining him to do all your business. You're ordaining him to be a Bible preacher. And serve alongside of him. Doesn't mean he doesn't do any business, but he's got to be able to love on his family. Because I'm going to tell you, Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Because she's not happy, he's not going to be happy. If he's not happy, it's going to suffer right up here. That's true. We need to understand he's a Bible preacher. Listen to him. He's an elder, it says right here. Respect. That's brother chat. I don't know what he wants to be called. But with ordination comes respect. And it's not that he has somehow earned it, even though he has. But it's because of God's call on his life. And he's living it. It can be brother, Chad. It can be pastor. It can even be preacher. But especially kids. Now, if you call him Chad, and that's fine with him, that's fine with me. But we need to understand there's a sacred respect that should be given to that office. Not that he's better than anyone else, but that position is very special. That's why there are only certain people who can go into that room back there. Because there's only two ordained positions in the church. Deacons and bishops. We're ordaining him to be that elder. We must respect him. He is an evangelist. You go and evangelize others. We heard his testimony and his heart of the Great Commission. Every believer is a witness. Team together, church. You're a friend of him. You're not a member of Eastside or Little Horse Creek. But you can still pray for him and we can lift each other up and we can encourage him. We can evangelize together and win our world with Christ. Hear me. He's a man. He gets hungry. Church feeding. I'm not just talking about taking him somewhere to RJ's and getting him to stay. He likes that. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you now, he's a chicken nugget and that. <laughs> now, he likes exotic stuff. You'll fix like asparagus. Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> 
If it's not a hamburger or chicken, y'all going to have to expand that one. <laughs> He's still a ch chicken finger hamburger and macaroni and cheese french fry kind of guy. That's not the feed. Even though that's good. Take him out to eat. Take his family out to eat every once in a while. Every once in a while doesn't mean once every two or three years. You know? But he gets hungry. God's going to get him up. Calling him. Encouraging him. Take it. I mean, come over, invite him over when it's nothing else. Feed him. He will feed his family. Encourage him in that because he gets hungry. He gets tired. Lift him up. I can tell you, there's going to be good days. There's going to be great sermons. And there's going to be some so sermons. If you've not learned this yet, don't leave because nobody else said a whole lot. Don't go out to court and ask her how good it was. Don't put her under that. Because she will. No, she will. Don't, don't make them tell you the truth. Just say, baby, I love you. Everything's going to be all right. You know? It's like the one that... You know, he preached his first message at the church, and everybody's great. And Pastor, that was a great message, great, you know, same old, same old. Some said, boy, that fed me. That's what I need to hear. And some old boy, he walked out, and he said, well, Pastor, that was a warm Sunday. And he thought, warm? How? What does that even mean, warm? That bothered him. He tried to ignore it. And he went home. Finally, that night, he couldn't sleep. He got up. He found a dictionary. And he said, what, what is he trying to tell me to look it up? There under warm, it says, not so hot. <laughs> Sometimes they go, not so hot. He may have had a long way. He may have been sick. Physically. He really had no business, but he didn't know who else to call him short notice. Just lift him up through it, pray him through it. He'll be all right. We'll be all right. He will have needs. Pray for him. And help meet him. Most of all, I want you to hear me. He is your pastor. Trust him. He walks out of here this week, next Sunday morning. He will stand behind the sacred beds, just as Ezra did, and just as all the other gospel preachers throughout the ages. And he'll proclaim the truth in the same power that Billy Graham does. And did Adrian Rogers, Vance Havner, Leonard Raymond Hill, Charles Spurgeon, and all the great gospel preachers throughout the ages. The same God will empower him. But the difference is, he's your pastor. He's your pastor. Don't you let anybody talk about your pastor. Don't you let anybody talk about his family. You shut them down real quick. Well, I'll hurt. No. No, you ain't going there. Now, there's some battlefields worth dying on. That's one of them. He's your pastor. Trust him. <coughs> and in closing, he, that man right there, he is Chad Cofield, a child of God. <coughs> love him. Just love him. You want to help him, but that just hug his neck. More than just say, great, great message, Pastor. That's fine. If 
you really want to do something for him, just tell him about it. Especially if you have a hard time. Men, you have a hard time telling another man you love him? Deal with it. Get over it. It'll help you. Tell him. Tell him. I love you, Pastor, and I appreciate you. Church, there's your pastor. Reverend Chad Cofield. And I am honored beyond measure to be able to stand in charge of the church on this day. At this time, I want to ask uh, if we can either, in just a moment, have some music played. We're fixing to enter into the most sacred time of this service. Prayer and laying on of hands. And I ask, please, if you need to slip out, now's the time to do that. Once this begins, please respect that these men are going to be coming down. They're going to be laying hands and praying over him. And so I ask your respect in that. And so right now, we're, we're very honored to do this. And I can't think of a more fitting way to begin this prayer and laying on of hands than to recognize Brother Chad's father, an ordained man of God, deacon in his church, servant of the Lord. If he would come and... Uh, I'm going to Brother Alfie is going to lead the ordination prayer. When Brother Alfie concludes uh, the prayer, man, I'm just going to ask that we start right here, Mike, if you would, and uh, we'll just work that way, and then this row, and then we'll have this row coming, and we'll lay hands in the ordination. Brother Alfie. Join me in prayer, please, folks. Father in heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Thank you, sir, so much for giving me the chance to utter those words and just to get a taste, a little taste, of the holy, divine pride that you had for your son as he began another phase of ministry. And Lord, in this prayer of gratitude, I want to acknowledge some things that you have done in Chad's life that I've been able to watch and see and maybe be a little part of. First of all, Father, thank you so much for Dr. Matt Brady and Eastside Baptist Church. Brother Matt's been able to give Chad opportunities to teach, opportunities to preach. And Lord, thank you for the leadership of the church, the deacons, the staff, the entire staff, Lord. Thank you so much for what they've meant, how they've influenced my son. Lord, thank you so much for the family that he's been raised around. Thank you so much for his grandpa that was able to come tonight to honor his grandson and to see what's going on and be part of it. Lord, thank you so much for Chad's mama. What a mama you have given this boy and his brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for her and what she's meant in his life and all the thousands and thousands of prayers that she's put up for him. Lord, thank you so much for putting Dr. Guido in Chad's life and the influence that he had. And Dr. Glenn Dasher, Lord, as you brought both of those men to mentor Chad and to show Chad a little bit about what it's like to seek you and your will and to love you and want to love you more and more and more. Thank you for their impact so much, Father. 
And Lord, as we continue this service now, we come to the time that we're going to ordain, you're going to bow before you, lay hands on Chad. Lord, I just pray that this will be a time that will fill his heart to capacity with your Holy Spirit. This will be a time that he'll never forget. He'll think back on when there's problems, when there's challenges, and just when he needs a little bit of encouragement. And Lord, for all of us that are part of Chad's family, his blood family, his Eastside Baptist Church family, his new, new Horse Creek Baptist Church family, Little Horse Creek Baptist Church family, and all his friends, that Father, you will find us faithful. You'll find us faithful to pray for him, to support him, and to be there for him. Thank you so much for putting Whitney in his life, and Vanessa and Tyler. What a family. Thank you for giving Chad the perfect, help me, life partner in marriage. And thank you so much for my perfect grandson, JT. Lord, we'll bow before you, we'll honor you, we'll give you the praise and the glory as this new ministry begins. And Lord, we look forward to seeing what you have in our lives. Thank you, sir, for hearing our prayers. I pray to the Father, in the name of the Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit.
Well, amen. At this time, I would like to recognize Ray Todd uh, as he will come and present Brother Chad his ordination. On behalf of the Eastside Baptist Church, Chad, I was with me. I say thank y'all for y'all's service, for all y'all doing. And we'd just like to present y'all with this new Bible. And um, may God bless y'all and y'all walk with Christ. Amen. Uh, for enduring uh, this service. Um, 
seeing the faces from all walks of life, childhood friends, uh, the people who are intimate in my life now, thank y'all. Each one of you, you know the impact you've had on our life and Little Horse Creek, the impact that we will have together in the future. Thank you so much for coming tonight and uh, celebrating this with us. It's, it's something uh, we both know God is calling us to do, that we're going to walk in obedience. Yes, that's uh, difficult because we don't know exactly where that's going to lead, but it's a commitment that I made several years ago to be committed. And I want to encourage the church to also, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, make sure of your commitment. And if you veered from that commitment, get back to it. It's worth it. It will be worth it. Amen. We have all kinds of food, sandwiches, and all kinds of stuff. So you ain't got to go to Dairy Queen or wherever you're going to go. We want you to stay, partake of this. So after our prayer blessing and benediction, I'm going to ask that Chad Whitney and JT go ahead first. And uh, as the, the honored guest of tonight, and then you just take the time, uh, as long as it takes, to come by and congratulate them and let them know how much you love them. But he's now ordained. So if you notice in your order of worship, uh, as Reverend Chad Cofield, he's going to pray his own benediction. Pray God's blessings on our service. So, Reverend Dad. Pray. Father God, we are so grateful for who you are. Yes. Lord, there are many who deny your existence. There are many who, who may say that there may be a God, but that he's not intimate and personal. And Lord, those are outright lies. God, help us not fall into those traps, God. We know through experience, through our personal testimony, that you are real. We thank you and praise you for that. Thank you for being intimate and personal in our lives, God. I pray that we can all uh, enjoy that and, and have confidence and boldness in being able to come directly to you through our outreach, Jesus Christ. We thank you uh, for your love for us. We thank you for your thoughts towards us. Uh, Lord, as your word tells us, they number in more than the grains of sand, God. That's a mind-blowing. Uh, I can't wrap my mind around that. So, God, we thank you and praise you for who you are. Thank you for all that you've done for us, God. I, I pray that you continue to make our paths straight. God, I thank you for Eastside Baptist and the uh, just all that I've experienced here uh, with these people or men that I've known my whole life. God, thank you for allowing me to serve them. And, God, thank you for allowing me to go to a church, Little Horse Creek Baptist, Lord, where I can serve and make new friends and new families. And God, we praise you. Bless the food as we eat. Bless our travels tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray.